Welcome to Self Worst. This is a podcast about failure, inspiration, day jobs, mental health, and the fleeting sense of sanity, dignity, and security that we all chase under capitalism. We talk about trauma. We talk about art, spiritualism, imposter syndrome, perfectionism, and the mirage of meritocracy. Each week, artists, designers, losers, dirtbags, musicians, degenerates, comedians, actors, fuck-ups, scholars, crazies, veterans, sluts, commies, weirdos, activists, addicts, teachers, fatties, queers, and all other types of beautiful people. Sometimes all of those things, sometimes a couple of those things, sometimes just one of those things at a time. What are you going to do? They join me, Brad Pearson, a dumb asshole, in a discussion of what to do with this stupid, sacred life. Are you blessed or are you cursed with a strong imagination and a spiritual thirst? Do you want to confide about the darkness inside? Come and talk about it on Self-Worst. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Self-Worst. It's me, Brad Pearson. Uh, I got the window open. You might hear some of the sounds of the city throughout uh, this intro. And maybe through the interview, too, because I'm recording this literally right after. And that's okay. I want an organic podcast experience. I want all the white noise. I want all the incidental noise. You know, I want other things going on in the background. It feels like you're really here with me. And we can't be with each other right now. Isolated, physically distanced, socially distanced, blah, blah, blah. I was, of course, sitting virtually with our guest today, Anya Boltz. Um, you know, we, we, we're not both yet fully vaccinated, but, you know, uh, God willing, someday we both will be, we all will be, and we'll be able to share spaces again with people. Until then, you gotta deal with just the, the, the Zoom noise and uh, the sort of digital veil that we have to talk through is what it is. I don't have uh, so much of a rant uh, as I did on the last episode for this episode. Or maybe I do. Maybe I'll come up with one later and I'll edit it in right here. But I feel like I just uh, maybe just don't have... Uh, as much to go on, uh, or as much to to say necessarily. That's what I mean. Um, this week I don't have a full thing to get off my fucking chest. That's okay. Take it as it as it is. Sometimes it's a conversation. Sometimes I really talk over my guest uh, and and make it the Brad Pearson show. That's maybe not. That's a habit I'm trying to get out of. And sometimes I just listen and I'm quiet. You know, sometimes you get more Brad, sometimes you get less Brad. What do you want? That same fucking uh, format to a to an audio podcast every week? Do you want me to fucking bring you something predictable? What are you, a cop? I don't know. This is like jazz, man. I don't know what's going to come out. It's about the questions I don't ask. <laughs> So anyway, we're talking to Anya Volts, which is a cool name. Uh, I will I will say uh, again. I think I I think 
I said it when I was talking to her. Because like volts, like electricity. So she could be like a, a cool like Mega Man villain. Um, it's it's a villainous name. I think she's a vampire. I'm not a, uh, uh, unconvinced that she's a vampire. Pretty sure. Pretty sure that motherfucker's a vampire. Um, this is a cool conversation. Uh, we'll get into it in a minute. Uh, just want to you know upfront plug the Patreon. Uh, this podcast is b- brought to you by you patreon.com slash self worst we've been ramping up the uh you know just the content on here and uh we're gonna get some bonus content going soon uh right now it's mostly just dog pictures but if you if you're into that sort of thing uh kick in as little as a dollar a month and help a guy out Remember back in the day when we used to all say help a brother out even though we were white and we thought it was just like funny and harmless? Haven't heard anybody do that in a while. I probably said some shit like that. Help a brother out. Uh, I'm being funny because I'm I'm a white kid. Well, maybe it wasn't that funny. We're all looking back on those days, examining shit we might have said back then. It's okay. It's, you know learning from your mistakes that's what this is all about that's what Anya's podcast Best Mistakes is all about accepting your imperfections and uh, not just accepting them embracing them Um, but anyway that's the spirit of this podcast and uh and best mistakes. Anyway, uh, that's enough of this bullshit. Uh, let's go to the interview with Anya Volts. Hello, everybody. Uh, you probably heard in the preamble that my guest today is Anya Volts, but, you know, bears repeating. Might as well. Repetition is key. You know, they say that in marketing, I guess. I don't know fucking shit about marketing, but... Repetition, right? Seems, seems to make sense. How you doing, Anya? You froze. I'm great. How are you froze? Am I freezing or are you freezing? Yeah. <laughs> no, you froze like right when I uh, when I asked how you're doing. So uh, we can just pick it up from there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm great. How are you? Doing okay. You know, uh, you know, we're we had a very beautiful day. Um, you know, I I, I, uh, I work outside, so I got to, I by default get to enjoy the weather. Uh, you know, whatever that may be. So, you know, if it's a nice day, it's a nice day. So, yeah, that's how it is. Are you located? Where are you located? I'm in Red Hook right now. Okay. Um, where are you? I'm in Bushwick. Bushwick. Okay. That seems to be, uh, you know, that's, that's the place to be. I, I lived there very shortly, but, um, right, right when I moved here, like 10 years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I've been here for like four years. Is so um how long have you lived in New York? Almost five years. So I lived in Greenpoint for about a year before I moved to Bushwick. Okay, so you've been like North Brooklyn pretty much the whole time. Yeah. I mean, not really for any reason other than that just keeps like the first apartment that was within my price range was in Greenpoint that um I needed to move into. And then um, my next apartment after that, I stayed in until 
this past December, December. So like it was just kind of where I landed. Um, right. I, I, I like all of Brooklyn. I feel like there's this weird North versus South like war. There is specifically among like gentrifiers, not even among people that are from here. Well, that's the thing. Um, yeah, it doesn't. Like, it doesn't need. Who... Yeah, it's very unnecessary. It doesn't need to be a yeah. rivalry. It can just be like, a, oh, like <laughs> they're a little different up there in the north. That's cool. Like I, I, yeah. I like both. It's, I've been more of a South Brooklyn of, guy, but whatever. It is kind of like iPhone users and Android users in that um, both are great and both suck, and um, the only real difference is price. <laughs> True. And it's all fine. Wait. <laughs> we don't so. Are you an Android user or an iPhone user? I'm an Android uh, convert. I used to have an iPhone and I have an Android now. Okay, so you're Android North Brooklyn. I'm Android South Brooklyn. So we exist. Okay, so we do. We overlap a little bit. Yes. We have some. We have some. There is some. You know, like we're we're not all. I would not consider Red Hook to be like a real bougie community. for no. the time being it is right across the highway from carol gardens and that's pretty shishy yeah. but like for now let's knock on wood um it's you know pretty uh pretty chill i bet you i bet you bushwick is gonna get bougie before red hook yeah i mean hasn't it already like isn't it already kind of like i well, mean i guess like parts of bushwick like that's it's still kind of like where all the artsy folks live it's like where i think most of the brooklyn-based comedians live honestly that's why I moved here, honestly, because it was like that's it was really easy for open mics and stuff. Obviously, mm-hmm. that has not been an issue the last year, but that is what made me move here. But um, it is kind of bougie only in um, it's bougie for no reason because it's still very ugly here in the it's way that the other the, the bougie neighborhoods are pretty usually. So yeah. it's like Bushwick. Bushwick is weird because it's, like, supposed to be gritty and, like, dirty, you know? Um, As far as, like, Brooklyn neighborhoods go, I I don't... I actually think, like, out of, um, you know, as far as locals, people who are from here, um, they take very beautiful care of their homes. And it's, like... Well, yeah, totally. There are some some really pretty little pockets, but I just mean, like, the value, you know, of just, like just warehouses and um like factories and not even like you know graffiti but with no intention behind it just graffiti um and and i don't even and when i say intention i don't mean like a commissioned mural to be clear like there's really beautiful traditional but like you know just like just ugly (laughs) all around yeah ugly i mean um but i've i've always liked that about bushwick because i'm like well we're fucking rough and tumble. I like it. Like I'm paying, you know, for a long time I was paying like 700 a month to live in Bushwick. So I was like, I like, and I also lived in honestly one of the prettier parts of Bushwick. So I was kind of getting away with something with that, but still I was like, I like that. I'm like paying the cheapest rent in New York for the, like the most, um, the neighborhood that would scare my parents the most, you know? Yeah. So like I lived, I didn't live in the McKibben lofts, the notorious McKibben lofts. But I lived like the building adjacent right off the like directly above the Morgan stop for a minute. Yeah. Um, and I was paying this will date me. Um, I was paying 400. Oh, yeah. Um, but I was also literally living in a crawl space. It was like I had to climb a ladder, yeah, yeah, yeah. a wooden ladder I mean... to get up to a little 
attic area above the doorway. That was it. We've all we've all been to those kinds of Bushwick loft spaces. Yeah, I couldn't stand I up in my still... room. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, also, like, um, I don't know why I'm qualifying so much. Just to be clear, the thing that is unsafe about Bushwick, once again, not the people that live here, but just that it's vast amounts of, like, literal warehouses with not a person in sight. Yeah. Um, which is why it's, quote-unquote, dangerous, because, like, it can just be you and, like, trucks for three blocks, you know, and yeah. no other people. Um, and that is kind of... Uh, th- and then those are the exact warehouses that get turned into those crawl space lofts. Yeah. And there's, like, no fire, like, um, what are those called? Fire Fire, guidelines, fire egress or whatever, yeah. Yeah, None like, you know, it, like, fire code, yeah. Like, it's just... Um, that's, you know, my cousin lived in Bushwick like 10 years ago, and that's the kind of apartment she lived in. And um, there's constant drama about like, if anybody comes to the building that isn't like, that doesn't live there to not open the door because it's not officially residential and like they'd get in trouble, you know? I'm right. Like, it's not, it's not people who are going to kick in the door and rob you. <laughs> it's people who are going to be like, you're not supposed to be living here and we have to evict you. Yeah. And it's like dangerous just in that, like, if a fire happens, you're going to die in it. Sure, but I mean, like that is the that's the New York that like a lot of that's like New uh, York. fucking well yeah exactly yeah the fucking New York <laughs> it's like that's the New York that a lot of uh, Bohemian types want to experience and is not really a thing anymore for the vast well, majority of the city like the that new... used to be like you used to live in like a shitty fucking fire trap with like you know like junkies and like robberies everywhere in, like, the like in the east village and now that's like bougie as fuck and like yeah. even when i moved to bushwick and it was like grimy as fuck over there and you know i was paying like highway robbery kind of rent it was also like yeah this is just ugly as shit over here and there's like a organic grocery store that can make you like a turkey and apple sandwich that costs you $15. (laughs) And what the fuck is this doing over here? Like I I need, like I moved to this area because I don't have any fucking money. I just landed here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But that's the thing, even in the like, you know, cheaper neighborhoods, New York is still New York and it's still expensive as fuck. Yeah. But there's always, there's always treasured hole holes in the wall. You just got to find them. You just got to know about them. You just got to find what are, what are some of your favorites? Um, you know, not to not to well, when, uh, blow up anybody's spot, but yeah, well, you know, one is like, I mean, one of my favorites is not a hole in the wall as far as like it's a New York establishment. Um, Vanessa's dumplings, you mm. can you can make it out of there spending three dollars and have a very full stomach and it's delicious, you know. Yeah. Um, that was my like go to when I first moved here and was broke as fuck and like everything else was like you said like a fifteen dollar sandwich and um, you know I was like working side hustle jobs so I couldn't like pack a lunch like all the things that you're supposed to do to save money like that wasn't even an option. Um, so yeah, Vanessa's dumplings. Also, that was convenient because there's multiple locations of it. So I pretty much there are now. Yeah, I um they just moved. They just opened that one in Williamsburg like not super long ago. Am I right? I guess maybe like two years ago now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did it, you get the frozen not, dumplings? That was my move. You get a bag yeah. of frozen dumplings for like ten bucks. Totally. But my my main move for like when I just needed something to eat now was their um, sesame pancake sandwiches because they were literally two ninety nine. Hell yeah. Those are so And they were good. like a hearty fucking sandwich. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I haven't been. Are they? Did they? They must still be open for the oh, pandemic. Fuck, I just. I hope so. I think so. Um, oh, you know what? Actually, actually, I have the tea on Vanessa's dumplings. Okay. I just remembered. Right before the pandemic, they got bought out, and now they're like Kevin's or something like that. The and I'm fuck? very. I've, Who the I fuck's have not Kevin? tried them. I don't know, but it's like all. It's the exact same like type of sign, but it just doesn't say Vanessa's anymore. It might only be, might only be the. Um, 14th street location that did that but i did see it right before the pandemic but so their like, prices are the same their their food's here. the same bottom line's the same i think so i okay. think i did notice that the sesame pancake sandwich was 3.99 now but i was like you know what you earned well, it yeah <laughs> you know that's okay that's okay it's, a, it's things are rough you know it's the pandemic what, what are we gonna do i'm luck i'm glad it's like so many fucking chinatown businesses have been closing it's been really really yeah. fucking tragic what was that uh what's the name of that place long zoo something like that i'm not gonna get the name yeah right. the i don't, don't hold noodle place names. but they were they were they're gone and they were like fucking legendary um it's yeah sad. It's, it's really fucking really sad. fucked up and very specific to asian food that keeps closing yeah the well, only like non well there's a lot of places that are closing that aren't asian food but a lot of them were newer but as far as like long-term establishments it's yeah. vast majority are for racist reasons that they're not being um patronized which sucks don't my do that everyone yeah don't do that um my favorite <laughs> place i'm gonna give it a plug uh it's called zifu food x-i-f-u foods on uh livingston livingston and oh yeah that place rules. like downtown brooklyn yeah it's fucking yeah. great and like I, that used to be my dog walking route like right over there so that would be my my go-to spot so far as I know, they're still open. They've been open post-pandemic. So uh, I, I haven't checked in with them for a while, but like it, like late summer, they were still around. And like, yeah, Hell it was yeah. another just like super cheap frozen dumpling noodles, like all that good shit for like, you know, you'll spend less than 10 bucks guaranteed on like a good hearty lunch. And that's what you need, right? That's what people fucking need. That's what you need. That is what you need. So yeah, my other my other hot tip is just Dunkin' Donuts. That's not a hole in the wall, but it is a it's like a step up from a lot of fast food, mm. um, but it's still really cheap and really fast. They got that <laughs> Beyond my... sausage now. Yeah, but before that, I I knew exactly how to navigate Dunkin' Donuts as a vegan because I was vegan for six years. You're not so, vegan anymore. Uh, I'm like mostly I'm plant based. Okay. So I'm like mostly vegetarian, but I now um, I'm eating eggs again and I'm eating like I'm mostly not really eating dairy again, but I'll like I eat like pizza now. Sure. <laughs> I'll like get a slice of pizza now and I'll um, fuck up some goat cheese. Sure. Yeah, that sounds that's what I was missing. That's reasonable. I don't know. <laughs> I do what I can. Like I've, I I am not fully vegetarian but i lean that way i go that way yeah. if i can if it's at all possible yeah. in my day i don't really go out of my way if i'm like gonna have to like spend way much you know way more money or like skip something like i'm like fuck it and we'll prepare like for dinner we'll have like a meat-based meal you know a couple nights a week but that's it gotcha and you know but i try it's my best to, yeah i know it sucks i'm a i'm a killer but yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, I don't really eat any, any meat, uh, but I'll, I'll eat like chicken every once in a while and I'll eat fish for sure. I love fish. Yeah. Fuck fish. Like what are they? Even... Yeah. I don't feel sorry <laughs> for fish. 
I feel uh, the only thing that I won't really eat is like uh, octopus. That makes me sad. They're oh, so Oh, yeah, because they're really smart. Yeah, it's kind of what, it's why I don't eat pigs either. I'm just like, it's, it makes me too sad. You're too smart. But I don't judge people who eat it. That's just my own personal line in the sand. Sure. You know? Sure. <laughs> um, so what were some of your side hustles um, in, in, in the days when you were going to Vanessa's? <laughs> um, well, I worked, I mean, I did the restaurant thing. Mm-hmm. You got to if you're a poor person in New York. Um, I worked in fine dining for my first year here. I worked five days a week at a like very fancy Gramercy Park restaurant. And then one day a week at a pizza shop because that fucking fine dining place was not making ends meet. So I only had one day off a week in those days. Um, And the pizza shop I worked at was a vegan pizza shop. So that was like, I would just stock up on like all the leftover pizza (laughs) and I would eat that um, all week. Um, And so that was like my, my first year here of just trying to like survive while living in a windowless bedroom in Greenpoint. Um, And then uh, that I burnt out on that. If you can imagine, I was like, I can't do uh, six days a week of restaurant work anymore. So I very abruptly quit both jobs and then just kind of, I had a little bit of savings at that point. So I like experimented with ways that I could make a living and like be my own boss. And the way that I ended up like the thing that I landed on was I did a lot of um, non like union or whatever modeling jobs. And I did a lot of um, task rabbit and I like cleaned people's apartments. And then I also got more and more free freelance writing stuff. Um, so I just kind of pieced together an income with those things for basically until the pandemic. And then um, only really one of those things still exists. So I had to yeah. start working from home um, doing other stuff. <laughs> is TaskRabbit still a thing? Yeah. It is? But I, I just I yeah. just didn't want to do it anymore. I was like, I'm not going into people's houses. No, during not this. during a fucking Fuck pandemic. That. Fuck that shit. No. Um, I mean, I, I walk dogs, so I am still going into people's houses occasionally but like not in the same way not in the same way i'm not like like, yeah i'm not lingering in there and you're not like cleaning their kitchen and bathroom yeah Yeah. so (laughs) it's like that was like a weird like i I did it for maybe the first month of the pandemic i was still doing it for people who even felt comfortable with that which i was really used with the people that wanted me to come a lot of them were people who were rich people that escaped the city and their apartment was now empty and they just wanted me to clean it so that it was like nice when they got back because they, they thought they were going to come back. back. Yeah, they thought they were going to come back in like May, you know, and then yeah. uh, that didn't happen. Oh man! Um, Remember when we thought it was going to go to like May? Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yes, I do remember that. Those were the days. <laughs> I, you know, to be perfectly honest, I never thought that it was going to actually go to May. I was like, no, this is going to be. Me neither. I always. I was had like, a fuck feeling. that. This is a, this is going to be a year minimum. Like, yeah, that, like the there is way. no way, there is no way that we are going to act together enough as a country to contain this thing. We are not a normal society. <laughs> there is no way that people are going to fucking listen to anything that's going to happen. Like, it, this is just, and there's no way that our government gives a shit about us enough to actually, like, pay us to stay home. 
Yeah. No, so. it was really obvious from the beginning, but you know, we had hope at least. I like was like, well, maybe, like maybe. I don't know. Yeah, maybe this will just be but, a little hiccup. But yeah, I um. Oh, I also dog walked a little bit in that dog time walked. when I was trying to figure out what worked for me. I was dating a dog walker, so mm. I started picking up some of his dog walks when he had too many clients, and it just—I mean, it didn't last that long. But I did it for a little while. Us dog walkers get around. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I've dated plenty of dog walkers. (laughs) He just happened to be one of them. (laughs) So, um, the main job of New York City. It's a, I mean, the guy I talked to on the podcast last week was just a dog walker. So, um, like dog walker comic. It's a thing. It's like a very, like, uh, that's one of the fallback jobs for, like people working in in any type of arts but like it seems like there's a lot of dog walkers in comedy um yeah definitely maybe it's just they tend to be animal people (laughs) well i think it's just it's something you can do during the day because most other like yeah most other easy jobs are um night jobs like restaurant jobs Mm -hmm. and that like that is a conflict with comedy you know you have a dog I do. She's napping right now. Tell me, tell me about this dog. I'm, I'm, I have a dog too. So let's, let's, let's spend just a minute on dogs. <laughs> her name is Buffy. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had her since she was like seven months old. She's a rescue. Um, she's six now. <laughs> she knows I'm talking about her. She just woke up and is like, "What's up?" Um, she's a pit bull uh, mix. She's like white and brindle. Um, she's just the sweetest. And then also sometimes really not the sweetest at all. But to me, she's always the sweetest. She just doesn't like other dogs very much. Well, you mentioned this <laughs> on your podcast, uh, Best Mistakes. Yes. Uh, something, yep. something kind of dicey happened with her, uh, sometime last summer. Yeah. This past summer. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. Fucking, I it, mean, it sucks. It was. It was a nightmare because, you know, especially when you're a pit bull owner, you, like, don't want anything bad to happen because that just reflects on everybody's, like, opinions of pit bulls. And really what happened could have – it could have happened with, like, any breed of dog. She didn't, like, maul this dog. It was just, like, they got into a tiff and her, like, tooth snagged the other dog's ear. She didn't, like – Ears bleed Viciously – yeah, exactly. And if you've ever been to a dog park, you know that the ears are the first yeah. fucking things to go. Like, it looks you know worse than that. it is. That's why they crop and ears for dog fighting. Yes. Like that's why. Yes. Like, it I looks at way a, worse yeah. than it is. She, the owner lost her fucking shit in the moment. She thought that my dog had like murdered her dog. And I knew immediately what had happened, but I wasn't gonna be like, Hey lady, calm down. You know, like I wanted yeah. to just be helpful, but it was really stressful because it was just immediately about my dog's breed. And I'm like, meanwhile, her dog bit my dog too. And it just happened to not be on the ear. So it was like not that bad. Um, And so it was it was very horrible. But I'm also like, you know, I stand by the fact that my dog isn't um, a vicious dog. It was just like a terrible incident. Yeah, no, it's just, you know, it like, what are you going to do? I've had (laughs) I can't tell you how many times a dog I'm walking will snap at another dog or whatever. Like, Like, I don't have time to tell them like. Hey, wait, 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 like, don't approach. This dog's a little weird with their dogs. Yeah. Now, like, just last week, this fucking uh, little fluffy, like, sheepdog something puppy came up to the dog I was walking. And before I had a chance to say, just like, she's kind of an asshole. Like, maybe don't. Like, <laughs> um, 
she they kind of smelled each other's faces and then there was just this like freeze moment and then just oh she just gave her like a little snap just like a little like yeah like that was it didn't even make contact dog Mm -hmm. was fine puppy was just fine but like it like was scared and made it this like big fucking like show of it (laughs) which is like you're just like freaking out and like going on and on about it very dramatic dog dog was kind of a pussy but like it was it was enough to where like i was like oh shit like what's gonna happen now because like this isn't my dog and like is he gonna like get mad but he was just like okay she seems fine like let's just move on just walk away yeah you know but it's it's just like when it's someone else's dog it's just like Jesus yeah, Christ. I mean that because I have a dog that I like really only trust with like one dog walker. Mm-hmm. I was always very uncomfortable just walking like random people's dogs because I just know because I have a dog that can be like finicky. Yeah. Um, that anything can fucking happen when you don't know the dog that well. So that was the main thing that kind of made me not want to. Also, because I walk a dog every day anyway, and I just didn't need, a, like, a whole other slew of dogs to walk. I was like, no thanks. <laughs> I'm over yeah, this. this happens sometimes where I'll get home, and I've, like, especially, like, when the weather's shitty. Mm. And I, like, all I want to do is, like, get home and take off my boots and, like, take off my, like, wet fucking socks. And then I get home and... uh Caitlin, my girlfriend, will just be like, oh, she needs to go out. And I'm like, you know the last fucking thing that I want to do right now is walk a goddamn <laughs> another dog. You know, but like, what are you going to do? I signed that's up what, for this. You know, that's what we signed up for. What's your dog? Uh, she, Her name is Dottie. She's uh, just like a scruffy mix, like sort of like a, uh, she, she's black with like white uh, spots, like got little mm-hmm. white socks um and she's she's like medium sized 25 pounds ish but we don't really know what she is like breed wise um and we got her about 2 years ago so like maybe like a almost a year before the pandemic um she's very shy she has like very like she's very like we 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 personify her we anthropomorphize her as like a uh like a moody teenage goth because that's mm. what she acts like. She's very, like, kind of sullen and shy. She only likes my girlfriend and I, really. Um, but isn't, like... She doesn't have an aggressive bone in her body. She's very mm-hmm. sweet. She's very, like, um, gentle. But, mm-hmm. like, also very fearful. Really nervous. She's she's the best. Um, I'd go get her and show you, but she won't... She doesn't like being picked up and shown <laughs> on camera. So she's very shy like that, you know? So, yeah, um, let's see. Let's go right now um, to Mental Health Corner. This is a let's segment go. on the podcast. We're shifting <laughs> gears, if you can't tell. Um, yeah. We like to dedicate a little bit of time on the show to talk about mental health, medication, therapy, anything like that, uh, your experiences, um, you know, what's, what's going on in, in that area. What is going on in that area? Great question. Um, Well, I'm in therapy. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. How long you been going? (laughs) Um, I mean, on and off for the last like two years, but I've been seeing 
this therapist that I'm currently with for pretty much exactly a year now. Mm -hmm. Um, and I see him twice a week. Um, that's intense. Yeah. I mean, I I obviously Um, virtually now, but was it like before, like pre pandemic, were you going into the office twice a week? No, I only was doing it once a week pre-pandemic. Mm. Um, but during the pandemic, we started doing twice a week. Because I also was I was seeing a different therapist during like pre-pandemic. Um, I was seeing them both at the same time because one of them was um, a talk therapist, the one I'm currently still seeing, and the other was an EMDR therapist. Okay. Um, and that proved to be very difficult to continue to do during covid because yeah. a lot of that is like physical and Can i didn't you explain I w- briefly what emdr is i know but like just uh tell our dumb dumb listeners what it is so like they understand <laughs> i'm like not probably the best person to explain it because i had to cut it short and i didn't get that much out of it i really want to start it again hold on it's i don't even know what it's, it really stands okay for. it's eye, eye movement desensitization reprocessing. reprocessing yeah um yeah and essentially um it's interesting because it's not always actual eye movement that they do. It's just, um, but like the, it started with just having your eyes uh, rapidly moving back and forth while you kind of relive a trauma and like the movement of your eyes and or the feeling of tapping on two sides of your body, which is the other way that they do it. And that's mm-hmm. the kind that I was doing. Um is able to like open up a part of your brain that can like basically relive something and then like recategorize it. So it's not as traumatizing essentially. And usually it helps people like remember certain things that they didn't remember about the event. And it gives people clarity and closure on things that um, otherwise are kind of holding them back. Um, and there's like some really intense examples of this, like people who lived through like school shootings. EMDR is like a really helpful therapy for people with like PTSD yeah. around something like that. Um, but then there's you can also do it with something like smaller. Um, you know, if it's just like for some people, it could be like a defining moment when your teacher said something that's just stuck with you your whole life, or like, yeah, it like helps you just kind of re-shift um, your, the, like, where in your brain you're storing a certain memory, essentially. And, like, um, trauma lives in a part of the brain that, like, really continues to impact us, which yeah. is what a lot of PTSD is all about, is just, like, because we just have not processed this memory, essentially. So EMDR is for that. And so I was really excited to start doing EMDR, but I started at the end of February last year. And so it just didn't end up really, um, we, we did online sessions for like a few months and she was like a really great therapist kind of regardless of the fact that I was having, like, I never really was able to, excuse me, I was never really able to reach on my own what we were able to do physically in a room together. Yeah. So even though that wasn't really working out, she really helped me a lot with the beginning parts of the pandemic with just like body work. We did a lot of like feeling where in my body I was like feeling things, um, which 
I have, I'm like deeply not connected with my body. So that was really helpful. Um, but eventually we just kind of realized there was not much left for us to do if the EMDR was never going to really take off, um, online. So, uh, I stopped seeing her and then I just had my, I was like, Hey, I'm, I've been doing therapy twice a week now for like whatever, like five months. Um, so my other therapist and I decided that it would make sense to just do it pick up another session with him and it's been great um i've been able to get a lot of work done with him um so yeah i've been recently down a rabbit hole of like uh diagnoses through um psych like psychiatrists and stuff not my therapist because he's a social worker so he can't diagnose me um and that's been a whole thing. It's been really difficult to get a fucking diagnosis in this goddamn town. It's referral after referral, just... Um, right, because they literally, yeah, like, legally can't diagnose you if they don't have the certain right things, medical yeah. license. Yeah. yeah. And then even when certain... Even when they can legally diagnose you, like they're a doctor and they can if it's not their specialty they often feel uncomfortable and then like oh i sense that you have this but i don't really feel comfortable diagnosing that so you should go see this doctor it turns into a whole fucking thing yeah. so at the moment my like diagnoses in like in process i don't know for sure if this is what i have but it's what has made the most sense via multiple doctors kind of telling me this is that i um have adhd that is been undiagnosed my whole life which kind of who doesn't um so that doesn't really bother me um but it's good to know because there, it explains a lot and i think a lot of people bipolar bipolar two yeah bipolar no, no two. psychosis but right um, but electric mania boogaloo. And, the, it's the yeah, yeah. it's the, it's the, for the listener it's a slightly less uh intense a form of bipolar but it's still it's honestly a different yeah it's a different mental illness i think altogether <laughs> like it's a very like it's only similar in that it has ups and downs mm -hmm. but like the way that not that i would i have any problem being associated with people with bipolar too like i'm not trying to distance myself from that it's just more that i just think that they're very very different um and i feel like because they share a name, there's so many misconceptions about both of them, you know, like people have deep misunderstandings about both one and two because of what they know about the other one. Um, Can you talk about those like misconceptions? Just... Yeah, well, I mean, one thing just being that, like, my friends with bipolar one have a very different experience than I do in life. Like they can't, like they can't, not all of them, but a few of my friends, at least who have expressed this to me and to the world, um, have like certain things they just straight up can't do because it'll trigger a manic episode. And for them, manic episodes mean psychosis, which means they will lose a few days of their life and wake up to the consequences of what other them did, you know, like yeah. what manic version of them did. Um, and so like a lot of my friends like don't smoke weed because it'll trigger psychosis. Yeah. Or, like, See, that's um, one of the things like I'm, I'm very pro marijuana. Um, it's, I, it's, it, it works well for me, but I, 
I want to, uh, you know, issue a disclaimer that like certain mental illnesses, such as bipolar and especially schizophrenia, can be yeah anything really literally anything fucking with like psychosis yeah anything with psychosis it can really fuck you up like that's it's really yeah, it's bad so what happened to brian yeah. wilson like it's bad so. yeah it happens to people all the time and there's obviously no shame in it but i do think that it's kind of like kind of what i mean is that people with bipolar too can smoke weed and um i think sometimes people with bipolar one that you know maybe don't have a lot of like mm, they're maybe not in therapy or they're not currently on meds or like they just don't have a lot of guidance and all they know mm -hmm. is like what the world tells them about their own illness might not even know that weed isn't like good for them because oh my other friend with bipolar can smoke weed and it's like that other friend has bipolar too you know what I, like there's yeah. just like kind of dangerous reasons i think for it to not be named the same thing like i think that it's problematic that they're they're like they have the same name but also because of um like the stigmas around both of them end up like double stigmatizing each other. Like there's, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, I, once again, I have no problem being associated with bipolar one. It's not like I'm like, don't anybody think that I have that one. I have the better one. Like, I don't feel that way at right. all, but it is, it is like, you're kind of living with double stigma um, when you have the word bipolar because both illnesses are what people are thinking of when they think of you, you know? Right. Um, and there are different illnesses, but primarily like I can't really smoke weed. I don't know if it's because of my bipolar or if it's because of um, my ADHD or if it's just because of my little weak brain that can't handle it. It just doesn't it work for some people. It's okay. It's it, not it for triggers, everybody, whatever. Um, it triggers my depressive episodes. Oh, weird. Okay. So interesting. Yeah, I, most people I've talked to who don't smoke weed or like or like it, but like they've had bad experiences. It's anxiety based, so that's interesting mm -hmm. that it, it triggers yeah, a depressive episode. It's it's definitely like anxiety while I'm high. Like you know, mm. in the middle of being high, I'll have like, I'll definitely I'll hyperfixate on something and just be obsessed with this like problem whether right. it's me or my life or the world or whatever and i'm just like obsessed with it and i i catastrophize it and um it's just hours of that for me sure. <laughs> and so then when i come out of it i'm like exhausted um and exhaustion um i can't speak for everyone with bipolar too but for me exhaustion is like pretty high up there on the things that um so like literally like the episode. day after like you you smoke some weed and then like the day after you're just like oh i think i thought that i had a weed hangover but i'm actually just i've been depressed for two weeks kind of yeah wow. i mean not every single time like obviously i mean sometimes you know i'll smoke weed when i'm like coming down from a like um, recreational party drug mm -hmm. and that won't really affect me in that same way because it's kind of being it's like you know it's combined with this other thing but weed on its own can really just like send me down a um a weird spirally depressive path but so yeah bipolar 2 at least how it has manifested in me um is much more like rapid ups and downs than bipolar one so like um typically bipolar one you have like one manic episode a year maybe two um if you're not on meds ideally you have none because your manic episodes fucking suck when you have bipolar one 
Um, and then same with like depressive episodes, but the depressive episodes are also like really bad depression, like can't get out of bed, fucking suicidal depression. Um, and bipolar two, you can reach really high highs and really low lows here and there, but like your cycle is like more like every two weeks of switching between the two with like, you know, some, some normal days in between. Yeah. And, um, they're not nearly as like intense, but they're, you know, when you're experiencing it, it fucking sucks. But when you hear about what people with bipolar one are experiencing, it's, like it's yeah, no, it's, close. it's debilitating. I mean, that's, yeah. Like... And I had, I had that kind of depression in my lifetime. I don't know how much sure. I had to do it. Like it was, it was before, it was before I turned 21 and I, you know, with bipolar in women, I guess like, it doesn't really start to show until you're around 21. Yeah. Um, That's when a lot so, of mental illnesses kick in, actually. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen The Sopranos, but yeah. um, one thing that, I mean, they do a really good job with a lot of things, but one of the depictions of mental illness that they get spot on is his son, AJ, um, develops depression when he's in his early 20s, which is when yeah. a lot of those, uh, when a lot of, yeah, like I said, a lot of mental illnesses kick in like right around yeah. that time. So um, just the like the timing and the onset, the way they depicted that was it was, um, I think, really well done. So like mm-hmm. that can. Yeah, that can just I don't know that can happen. Yeah. So my depression kicked in really young. I had like childhood and adolescent depression. Sure. And so I had like I think what maybe um, people with bipolar one experience, I've, I've had that kind of depression before when I was a teenager. Um, I like didn't get out of bed for like legit six months at one point. Like I dropped out of high school and like did not leave my room. Um, you never, and, yeah, you talked about this. You'd never finished, you never finished high school. I got my diploma, so I finished it technically, but I didn't finish the experience of high school. No. Right. Hey, you're not missing um, much. What? You're not no, missing I mean, much. I'm, it's fine. I honestly, I'm like glad that I did it how I did it because um, I was really unwell and I like was listening to that. Mm-hmm. And I was like lucky enough to have parents that like had my back as far as that was concerned. And more than like, what about your future? They were really concerned about me in that moment. And like, you know, what about your now was kind of their perspective. And so my mom just did a lot of research and like found that um, I don't know if you've heard the like hippie, the hippie term of unschooling, but um, no, actually. So, you know, obviously I don't know if you've noticed, but our school system is not great. Um, and like, you know, our educational setup uh, in America, but also kind of, it's very in general. It's really rough. Um, yeah. It's not. It's not really designed for. Um, you know, like there's just all these sayings about like, how can you uh, measure the intelligence of a fish if you ask it to climb a tree? Sure. Like you know, shit like that. Um, my mom has always felt that way about the school system. Um, so she really wanted. My brother was homeschooled, and she really wanted me to be homeschooled. And I was the one who insisted that I wanted to go to school because I just like was a very social person. And um, and my brother was too. But I don't know. I just I felt very strongly that like I wanted to go to school. I think if the school system wasn't so fucked up, I probably would have had a good time. But um, 
I had a great time up until like middle school because I went to this like amazing school that just kind of catered to each individual student. So rather than like thinking of you as like, you know, where you should be in the fifth grade curriculum, they were just like, what are you really good at? And then they really like helped you um, like encouraged you along the things that you were like really naturally gifted at. And then the things that you were less interested in, they just made sure you were on track with, but you just didn't like, they didn't, it didn't need to take up more time. Like your homework was never the thing that you didn't like to do. Sounds like, like some hippie shit. Yeah, but it was fucking, it worked. I learned so much. I learned so much more at that school than I ever did in the rest of my entire like time in school and that was i was there until fifth grade so that's really sad honestly that fifth grade was kind of the end of my like you peaked, actual you education well as far as like what i was like actually absorbing and yeah. learning and caring about yeah. and they're like after that all i was doing was taking tests and just passing them and then mm. dis disregarding everything i just took that test on you yeah. know like that was the rest of my school experience which is really fucking sad and that's a lot of people's school experience yeah um, but yeah, that school was fucking rad. And if more schools were like that, then I think we would have a very different world. Honestly. Um, I think people would just be happier if they had a better <laughs> education as children and teenagers. Um, but yeah, high school was rough. I fucking hated high school and my mom already was on that page with me. You know, she like already hated the educational system. Right. So when I said, when I started like, um, expressing that to her and that I was like really unhappy um for not just because of my curriculum but just in general I like my mental health was suffering and and school was I was getting nothing out of it she like immediately was like okay you don't have to go back we'll figure something out and that was like such a huge blessing no, like very few mm. people in this world that's really cool get a parent that would have that kind of reaction um and she did all this research about unschooling and unschooling is just like, you know, this movement of people who basically believe all the things that I just told you, like they just think that the educational system is fucked and like sets people up for failure in life and in school <laughs> in the moment. <laughs> um, and so it's like a movement of people that were like taking their kids out of school and eventually either homeschooling them or like, you know, if they were older, like I was a little bit older. So it was uh, less likely that I was going to sit down with mom and do schoolwork from now on. Um, so if you like unschool your kids kind of like 15 and older, usually what you're preparing them for is self-education, like how they're going to like navigate schoolwork themselves. Um, but it, a lot of people unschool their kids way earlier than that. Like, you know, eight-year-olds or whatever and what no matter what age they are when you take them out of traditional school I guess like something like 99% of the time they go through a six-month period where they don't want to do fucking anything and they call it the recharge period because of like how um exhausting and demanding school is on children in America and in the public school system specifically and so I think I was experiencing that like I was like my mom had read like that this happens almost every time people decide to take their kids out of school um that their kids just like have this really low six month ish period so she was not worried about me she like knew i was going to be fine and she like expressed that to me but i was also just 
also a depressed teenager on top of that. So I took it really hard and I made it about like who I am as a person that I can't do anything right now for six months that I just like could, I didn't have it in me to fucking do anything. And so that was the harder part. Like, even though my parents were like very chill and very understanding and like had the utmost faith that I would snap out of it and like be a productive person again. Also, my mom is from a socialist country, so she doesn't give a shit if I'm productive. She's like, you're not a factory worker. It's fine. But, right. um, but you know, I'm not from a socialist country, so I really cared that I wasn't being productive. <laughs> I was like, what is my contribution to society as a 14-year-old or as a 15-year-old or whatever? Um, and so that was like my first bout of like serious depression because it was kind of like a natural depression that then I just kind of like took my self-worth and made it into like a much more severe, um, like all consuming depression. Um, so it ended up lasting still about six months, but I think it was much more intense than like it was supposed to be. What was going I, on during that time? Can you, can you like give us like a day in the life? Um, I wasn't, well, so I mean, I have always had really severe sleep problems ever since I was a kid. Um, I sleep really deeply when I am asleep, but um, so that's always been weird because I'll like, I sleepwalked a little bit as a kid and I also like had a really hard time distinguishing reality from dreams because my, I would just like, I, yeah, it was confusing and, and kind of unsettling for a little while. Um, and, but in addition to that, I could, could not for the life of me sleep when I was supposed to sleep. And this is ultimately why I left high school. Um, because I just couldn't fucking do it anymore. I was like staying up all night, all like, cause I just literally, and it wasn't insomnia. Cause once I was asleep, I was asleep and I was fine. Um, it ended up being something called delayed sleep phase syndrome which i don't know i think it has a different name now so but like 10 years ago when i was diagnosed with it it was called delayed sleep phase syndrome and it basically just means you're jet lagged always no matter where you are you're like on a different your like circadian rhythm is on a different time zone forever (laughs) um and everyone always jokes like why don't you just move to the time zone that your rhythm is on and (sighs) i've that doesn't work. You, it, it still lines up with the sun. Like everyone else's. It's pretty solid a joke though. Not a, not a bad with joke. The sun. I guess, but everybody in, I guess if you hear it like 12 times, me. you're like, yeah. yeah. But so, yeah, like when I go to a different time zone, I just immediately adjusts to that time zone and it, it's still, I just still can't sleep at a normal time and it's gotten better as I've gotten older. It's something that mostly really affects, um, teenagers yeah i happen to have it as a child too which was really well lucky you shitty. yeah you have it as and an I adult d- as well definitely yeah great. but not as bad wow yeah. so you like hit the fucking jackpot this is great hell yeah yeah um i'm still a young adult so i'm holding out hope for my 30s i'm like sure. maybe it'll go away eventually but um but yeah 
during the pandemic it's it got really bad for a while again i was like it felt like i was a teenager again because i just like could not fall asleep until like 7 a.m yeah, i feel like that happened for a lot of people i mean yeah you know, well you but... know what that was kind of nice though i was like now you all know what my entire life has been like <laughs> you know what honestly this was a thing that i thought about a lot as a person with uh just depression anxiety yeah yeah was first in 2016 and then again uh in 2020 with the pandemic was just like oh cool like now all the fucking normcore people know what it's like now yeah. you know what it's like to live Absolutely. in a world where there is no fucking point and we're all fucking doomed and everything yeah. is terrible and you're afraid to go 100%. outside welcome to my neighborhood bitch yeah and also it just kind of made me feel more equipped to handle it like i feel yeah. like you know this pandemic yeah, like, i've sucked, been here but like, yeah it sucked but i've also like i'm like it's honestly it wasn't that different for me than like the last four years like i don't know like obviously my day-to-day -day has been different but yeah. like emotionally it has not been no. that big of a difference for not me that... yeah i mean uh... if anything if anything i've felt better because i'm like more liberated from the like kind of suffocating confines of like societal expectations like you know waking up by a certain time has just yeah. not really come up for me <laughs> like that has not been an issue that i've had to explain to anyone for a really long time and that's been nice <laughs> sure um yeah but yeah so a day in, in my life when i was freshly dropped out of high school and in my worst depression um at its worst i was like just awake until like 9 a.m and then would sleep the entire day until okay. so you're like, like vampire whatever mode. truly um and then like you know only come out to like <laughs> scavenge for food to and, be like, fair take... anya voles would be a really good vampire name yeah i agree um i think my name is like an, a perfect villain name yeah um, there's like v's yeah. and z's it's it's a cool i was name. also i was allergic to garlic for a while hmm. i'm not anymore but isn't that funny <laughs> we like, did only start talking after sundown day. so i've never actually seen you in the sunlight yeah I slept during the day and I couldn't eat garlic and that was, and I'm like pale as fuck. So mm -hmm. that was something fun. Um, so yeah. And then I, I would, my, like the thing, the only thing that made me feel normal is I would like take these like really long walks around my weird suburban neighborhood. Um, and I would take really long showers, which, you know, in the Northeast is not, uh, as unethical to do. I do. I do often wonder what my life would You're be from like Vermont, in like California. Right? Yeah. Vermont is like so you nice. Just, you can shower for days in Vermont and it has no effect on the water. environment. What are they going to do? <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I would just stay up all night. And it was kind of before there were as many, like, apps and, like... Doing what? Um, I watched a lot of shows. I read a lot of books. What, I... shows, what shows and books? Do you have like Buffy, do you have like particular Buffy? Interesting. Buffy the Vampire Slayer sure, of course, as my, the my, dog. my dog's namesake. Yes. Yeah. Um Buffy the Vampire Slayer was big for me at that time. Um uh The Vampire Diaries and True Blood also actually. Like all the vampire shows I got really into. I'm noticing the time, theme so with vampires yeah, again coming it's up. Funny. Okay, so well, you know, I'm I not think, saying I think you're you're a vampire. Genuinely just... genuinely, I think that I did find comfort in these shows that are most they mostly take place 
in the middle of the night. You know? Mm. Like, Buffy the Vampire Slayer is... But I would always get resentful. I'm like, she's up all fucking night, and then she still goes to school. Why couldn't yeah. I do that? Um, but, she's you know, like, there's, like, kind of this a, element... Yeah. Maybe it's part of the superpowers you get, you know? Is that you don't... That, okay, yeah, so she is superpowered as well. There's also that. Um, yeah. Have you ever seen John Carpenter's Vampires? Um, uh, yes, but... It's like, not actually I, great, but... yeah. It's an interest like I like John Carpenter a lot, but it's an interesting depiction of vampire slayers because they're just like these hard boiled like they're almost like bikers. They're like all <laughs> fucked up and weird and like they like hire like they like sleep in like shitty hotels and like bring like strippers yeah. over and shit like and they're all like yeah. yeah, they're all like gross. Like it's great. That's that's there's a lot of vampires like that in True Blood. I like that about True Blood too, that mm. there's just like kind of what a vampire would naturally do um, actually happens in that show, but they're still sexy. They still have that element. Sure. But you know, that, well, that's more than could be said for the, I mean, cause James Woods is the lead and John Carpenter's yeah. vampire isn't it? He, that right. is not a word I would use to describe that guy. There's definitely some unsexy vampires in true blood, but you know, it's HBO. They got to keep it. They got to keep it sexy. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I read like I don't know. I read all these um like what was big back then? Like I read like The Hunger Games mm. and I read um the Divergent series and I read all the John Green books. Ugh, cringe. Um you are you I an read... okay reader like as far as like uh, a person with ADHD like um, I was honestly way better with it when I was a teenager than I am now. Hmm. But yeah, I'm okay. Once I'm re but that's the problem is because of my ADHD, I like hyper focus on it. So then once I'm reading, it's really hard for me to like pull away from it. And this is my mom's problem too. My mom has never been a big reader my whole life. And I've always, but, but I've always noticed that when she does read, she cannot put the fucking book down. Like she can't do it. Um, and finally, so at some point she just told me like I just don't enjoy reading because I like physically cannot stop until the book is over mm. and I clicked that clicked so hard for me I was like oh wait that is my exact experience with books and that's I think why both of us are like we love reading like we love we're good at it and we're like we enjoy what the act of reading but um, unfortunately our brains will not let us like okay that chapter's done like put a bookmark in it and put the book right. down like that's not an option <laughs> so I read way less now as an adult because of that um, and that sucks what are what are some so that's an inherited thing from your mom um, what have you noticed uh, other inherited uh, you know traits good and bad uh, from from your parents Oh yeah, I'm like fully their child. I'm um, a perfect mix of both of them, I would say. My dad is like really funny and outgoing and um, has like a really twisted, dark sense of humor and um, is just kind of an attention whore, <laughs> which I think all of those things apply to me. Um, and he's really intellectual and very disciplined and very, um, like, uh, I don't know, determined. He, he like, 
there's nothing there. He won't take no for an answer. Like he went to law school in his forties, you know, wow. it, it was like, you know, he just decided I want to be a lawyer. So I'm going to be a lawyer. I don't care if it's not the age that you're supposed to do it. Right. Um, and that's very much been my approach to life too. Like we're, we're both, and my mom is kind of like that too. We're a family that like, we just, we decide the rules. The people don't make the rules for us. Um, my mom is definitely on the like autistic spec spectrum. Um, and that's like, you know, very comorbid with a lot of ADHD traits. So yeah. I've found that we have a lot of things in common as far as that's concerned, but like where those commonalities end is kind of like the very, the more autistic things about her. Like um, she just isn't, as like social she's like not as good at like um reading the room or whatever or reading social cues she's not clueless about it not that right. autistic people are like i think that's kind of people have this um misunderstanding of autism that like it also means that you're just like you know completely gauche or whatever or like you like have no filter and that's not really the case no, for everyone really, with yeah. autism yeah, like she's like really smart. She's really good at math. Like I'm not good at math. Like she's she's got like those kind of stereotypes with autism, um, but uh, like a lot of her autistic traits are um, also ADHD traits that yeah. I have. So you know, she thinks that I'm probably like also on the spectrum and that it's not ADHD, but I just am like, I have like this touch of autism. And as far as I'm concerned, I don't really care what it is, you know, like what the name is. Sure. I mean, that's I just like more of like a traits. quantifier, you know, it doesn't really matter. Right. <laughs> like I, it's I like a personality type. Yeah. Like as an ADHD person, I got diagnosed with ADHD when I was like fucking kindergarten or first grade or something. Like I had it, like I had it that bad that I was enough of a spaz as a well you had the like outward traits yeah of it. like they, they, they yeah. were just like oh this kid's like fucking crazy even for like a five-year-old right. um but i found myself forming and like some of my best friends to this day just forming a lot of alliances with with spectrum -y kids yeah same because we were just like yeah. oh we we have a lot of the same traits i'm not quite as bookish as you like i don't have like quite the like encyclopedic hard drive yeah. of like I don't my have brain the isn't like yeah no. my brain isn't just like perfect total recall like yours but oh I also, not even a little bit for but me. i also like have a lot of the same like weird social awkwardness and interest in like mm -hmm. very specific things and hyper focus on certain yes. things you know that's like my mom my mom and i really like where we come together are, is like our ability to really fixate on something that we're interested in and mm -hmm. think about nothing else for like weeks and then as soon as we're not interested anymore it is gone you know like we don't even think about it anymore and we both do that like all the time with stuff um, and it's really fun when it lines up when we're both really obsessed with the same thing. And that's happened a few times throughout my life. What were those um, times? But, what were the, what were the um, fixations that you uh, aligned on? Um, astrology. Okay. We both are really into astrology. <laughs> um, actually, you know what? We didn't ever line up with our obsession with astrology, but we've both been obsessed with astrology. So now we can have really in-depth conversations about it because we both have a lot of knowledge about it. 
Um, our joke is that the only thing we'll ever fight about is that she believes in Vedic astrology and I believe in Western astrology. And um, those are not the same. <laughs> so unfortunately, when uh, two people who believe in those two separate things talk about astrology, they end up mostly just fighting. Um, but it's fun because we both know a lot about it. And it's funny because it's not a bookish thing at all. It's like a super like woo-woo spiritual thing. But that's like that's like what's special about my mom's autism is she's a very spiritual hippie person. So often her like fixations are on like, you know, like supplements and like juicing and and uh, astrology and like meditation and like. Um, it's not so much, I don't know, like, um, she's, she's a Vermonter to be sure. That is a, well, yeah, she's, I'm the only person in my family that's from Vermont, but yeah, she's a, she chose Vermont. She, she really dug in when she, when she moved there. Yeah. Well, no, that's her whole life. She's been that, like that whole side of the family is super spiritual. Like her parents kind of raised her that way. So Mm. That's partially it, but I also like, you know, you can be raised all kinds of ways and then not be interested in it as an adult. So it is True. genuinely her her own interest too. But um but yeah, her her father definitely autistic, my grandfather, and he was super spiritual and I feel like that like that was the thing that they bonded on is that they're like these two autistic people that like loved like God. Yeah. <laughs> um and she was really close with him. So that might be an element of it, but so I've inherited some of that. My dad is a little bit more of a skeptic kind of person. Um, and so my brother and my dad are the ones that like, you know, in the group chat don't necessarily always know what we're talking about when we get in, onto they don't our- They co-sign like, on all the astrology shit. Yeah, you know, when we're like, well, the, the, it's a full moon tonight. They're like, none of that. Yeah. <laughs> enough, of, enough of that explanation. Um, but yeah, so- I would say astrology is one of the things that we've really gotten obsessed with. And then mental health stuff. Like we're Mm. both obsessed with like researching just different mental illnesses and personality disorders and um, like whatever, like, you know, ADHD, autism, and then also things that neither of us have, but that we like just get fascinated by. I've gotten really, I've gone down the rabbit hole of like narcissism And in like true empath fashion, I'm like obsessed with like proving that narcissists aren't that bad, (laughs) Mm. which is like not a worthy cause, but, um, it's like very bad. No, I mean, of course they are. It's just so funny. It's like so codependent of me to get that obsessed where I Mm. like research the shit out of them to like find their humanity, you know? Um, and she's definitely done that kind of stuff too. Um, so yeah, we have like similar, um, obsessions and then we have very dissimilar obsessions um, what are some specific I, to you that she doesn't get but that you're really into I'm like obsessed with pop culture mm. <laughs> she couldn't give less of a shit about any of that what aspects um, of pop culture like music TV film history all of that shit yeah like kind of everything but like video games i'd never mm. really cared about gaming everything but uh, video games okay yeah yeah like and you know i still know a lot about games because i'm like pretty plugged in hmm. but i just don't they're not that's not really you know if it's like trivia night and the pop culture category has like a lot of gaming things i'm like never mind guys this is not my strong suit sure but um 
but yeah, I like, you know, I know a lot about like every pop musician that's existed since like the eighties. Um, and you know, some before then too, but like, um, and non pop, like other genres as well. But like, I don't know. I'm very specifically kind of obsessed with like the mythology and lore around like the hyper famous people mm. of our times. Um, and I just happen to know like a lot of random specifics about um, like famous musicians and famous movies and famous TV shows. But I don't have that. I do not have that autistic brain. So it eventually I can't recall it as well. Right. But I do, I get really obsessed with just reading about it a lot. And I like listen to a lot of podcasts about like old Hollywood. You and must stuff. remember and I, this. Is that, that's yeah, you must remember right. this. And then Lay Do You Remember This, which is um, like a play on words on the Lay Do Club in LA that was really big in the early 2000s. And so Lay Do, Lay Do You Remember This is all early 2000s pop culture. Um, and it's a really fun podcast. Can you remind as me well. what Lay Do is? I, I feel like I've heard about this recently. Yeah, Lay Do is, um, you probably have heard about it because people are talking about it again because of Free Britney. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. But it was like the, it was like the big club that like, Britney Spears was always at Paris Hilton was always at um, the that's Simpsons. Uh, you know what? Yeah, I, like, that's I, what I heard about it on your fucking episode of your podcast today. Oh, you were yeah, talking about the Lay Do Club because you were talking about the bling ring. Yes. Oh, because of the club yeah. promoter yeah. that was involved in the was. bling ring. I was like, I've robberies. heard that fucking yeah. term. Yeah. So there's a really great podcast. Um, I forget her name, the woman who does it, but it's basically, you must remember this, but all early 2000s, like pop culture stuff. And it's mm. like not at all interesting if you don't care about that stuff, but I, for some reason, I'm obsessed. I love it. And I don't know why, like, cause intellectually I'm not that interested in it, but I just like, I don't know, pop culture. I think because I'm a child of the early 2000s and the early 2000s was a time mm. of like, fame like fame was such a thing it was like you know the paris hiltons and the lindsay lohans and the britney spears and like obviously fame was a thing before the early 2000s but there was like this real obsession with like famous yeah. people when i was a little kid and so i think it How just got you? me young i'm turning 25 this month oh my god <laughs> yeah i'm i'm uh, young do you wait <laughs> what uh generation does that technically qualify you as Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Um, some some Is people that like say a millennial. Cusp millennial. Yeah, some people say millennial. Some people say Gen Z. And like a lot of people, I'm noticing who were born the same year I was born, specifically 1996. We've like kind of decided that that year specifically is kind of like a lost year because okay. the There's other this, years. Yeah. 95 you can just very easily argue as a millennial 97 you can very easily argue is gen z sure. there's really something specific about 96 that we cannot place ourselves there's that's okay there's something there's <laughs> a fine. similar thing so i'm a millennial um i'm 36 yeah. i think i'm actually like i'm like proto millennial like the first millennial and you're maybe the yeah. last millennial so it's like an yeah. alpha omega situation and so, my brother, my brother is eight years older than me. My brother was born in 88 okay. and um, he's my only sibling. Like I have a bunch of step siblings now, but he was the only sibling that I like grew up with. Yeah. 
And um, because of him, I very much identify more with the millennial culture. Okay. Because like my whole childhood was like his, I was all influenced being interested in the stuff that he was interested in. By him. And so, yeah. And like, I was obsessed with being cool and being older because I wanted to fit in with my brother. So like, there's a lot of things that people would assume I wouldn't really like remember or identify with, but I like really remember and identify with because it was like my brother's identity. So you'd say spiritually, you're probably more of a millennial. Definitely. But, but there's definitely some Gen Z qualities in me. I'm like, you know, I'm the youngest person in all of my like groups of friends because of comedy being, I mean, now I'm slowly, finally not going to be like the youngest person in every fucking comedy room I enter. But Mm. for my first six years of doing comedy, I was just always the youngest person there. And so I kind of like found myself being the like spokesperson for Gen Z a lot because people um, would not know things that I would have have to to defend the TikToks and the the, the middle parts and the all of that. No, I mean, yeah, I I do have a middle part, but. I I'm not judging like I am in no position to judge anybody's hair right now I have not cut my hair for a year and I know it looks like shit but I'm just I'm doing a thing yeah it's a quarantine project I I definitely feel out of touch with Gen Z don't get me wrong I just find that I am often the spokesperson for like younger stuff when I'm in comedy spaces especially no I just like I don't get the like millennials our experience was getting shit on by boomers and by gen x uh about how like ways you're entitled we are and yeah now gen z is coming around we're like fuck you gen z like i'll wear skinny jeans if i want i'm just like guys chill like let them be it's okay like can we like i I personally like i'm all for everything that gen z is doing i don't necessarily i'm not going to be on board with it or like get it or whatever or want to be a part of it but like yeah right cool go nuts do you like our generation millennials had a thing like people who are just a little bit older than me so people who were born in like early 80s like 80 to 83 that's a whole thing too like that's zenials where it's like you're a cross between a millennial and a gen xer where like the internet came into your consciousness during a different kind of period of time and like you don't quite feel like you're like a Kurt Cobain Gen Xer, but you don't quite feel like you're, you know, a, a full on millennial either. Yeah. So. I've been really psychoanalyzing the war that keeps just like reigniting between Gen Z and millennials because I feel so like caught in between. Like I kind of we agree don't have with to be both. enemies. We don't have to be enemies. We're not I have the fucking like problem. Joke. Like Gen Z, Gen Z is not the problem. Millennials are not the problem. We need to no. unite against the fucking have- boomers. I have a joke right now that I've been doing on Zoom shows because that's what comedy is now. That's what it is I have now. a joke that like being a cusper um, has like cursed me with the perspective that we're all in this together and that's just boring. It's like not as fun <laughs> to like know that like, hey guys, we have the exact same like bleak future ahead of yeah, us. Yeah, no, we have we the same plight. We're all going to die um, in a climate apocalypse. We're all broke. We all like are in yeah. massive student debt. Like we all don't know. We have shitty healthcare and shitty jobs. Like, come on, like yeah. let's. Well, and so I would say that um, the real problem is that Gen Z is just a little too young to really know that yet. Like 
they know it obviously like there's plenty yeah. of them that are with it but overall they haven't really they're in college right now yeah. they're not thinking about that and so they kind of see millennials as these like sad like whiny this generation that like got nothing done and it's because like they only feel that way because they just have not been slapped in the face with the reality that that is what is waiting for them too yeah, yeah no like <laughs> I, I, i'm willing to let them so, get there that's why i'm like you know what have your fun because <laughs> yeah. it's gonna get really bad really soon um yeah. and i'll take that i'll you know have a couple more years of life than you probably you know like when the climate crisis sure. kills us all two years older than all the Gen I've had a few and... more yeah I've had a few more life experiences I've had a lot more sexual partners and so you know like <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm oh, well, good I've lived my shit that is something that we need to talk about is that Gen Z is there are a bunch of prudes now what's that about? what's that about come on get out there <laughs> they're like very you're gonna die negative. soon fucking get it wet they're very very sex negative they're very obsessed with age gaps and that all age gaps are predatory and I'm like babe you have not had sex until you've had sex with someone that could be your father like come on <laughs> get out there um, and they're like, you know, very obsessed with like what's objectifying and or not. And I'm like, I yeah. thought that we were the generation that were like, you know, little, I thought we were uh, just fucking getting out of that. Like, I thought that, yeah. like, cause I grew up with all this like shame around, you know, porn yes, and, and they're objectification like obsessed and shit. And it's just finally like, okay. Obsessed yeah. with re shaming everybody. No, I'm like bullshit. Gen Z. Oh, you just had the privilege, the honor even to grow up without this shit. And now you want to like just self-inflict it for what? We just got rid of this for you guys. Yeah. And now you won't even be whores. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> uh, drives you, me crazy. Yeah. Um, you talked a little bit about that recently on a on an episode um, <laughs> about how, uh, I mean, feminism is such a loaded term. And mm -hmm. uh I like it's such a loaded term that like I would never want to publicly say something like I'm not a feminist but like I understand that um it's so funny that it's that's a, such a gigantic fucking umbrella For term so, you know yes yeah that like yeah there's no there are people who identify with as feminists that I have nothing fucking in common with literally nothing in common yeah so like and then like I don't see the world in any kind of way other than like maybe we both dislike donald trump okay sure but that's like that that has so little to do with like what needs to be done right now well like my you know when i started like well it's funny because if i meet somebody who has never called themselves a feminist i'm also i'm not i don't fuck with that either it's not sure, like now yeah, that no, i don't really yeah. call myself now that i've like i'm like oh i'm not really a feminist anymore that doesn't make me like pals with the people who are who are like get on board we've been here the whole time like no no no, no, you, no you should have been a feminist in 2010 for sure you know like it's just a decade later and now i'm starting to grow out of it because now feminism and maybe it was then too but there, it, there was like less to like process about it but now feminism just seems to be like <sighs> that you don't get to criticize Elizabeth Warren, that's what feminism is now. Like yeah. feminism has turned into like uh gender essentialism. It's, no, it's been stretched out. It's been stretched out to the point where like it's uh yeah, just it doesn't it's really just mean like, anything you know, anymore. The yes queen girl boss yeah. of it all is I just don't 
like I know what I stand for and I don't stand for anything differently than when I called myself a feminist. I also haven't officially stopped calling myself a feminist, but like just intellectually that term sure. doesn't like hit the same yeah. <laughs> as it once did. It's been, it's and been like, spread so thin. It's like, I mean, yeah. it's like, I feel similar about a lot of other words. I mean, such as socialism yeah, me too. where like the word yes. is so loaded and has meant so yes. many different things to so yes. many different people through so many different decades and has done good and bad things that like, 100%. I'm almost like, why don't we get a new fucking word? Like we, the, our slang is so I know. plastic and so and people, constantly moving that like, why are we still are hanging obsessed. on to words from like 50 fucking years ago? People are obsessed with the words and defending the words. Yeah. Like Bernie Sanders, God love him. God bless you, Bernie Sanders, for all that you have done. But sure. why? Why was it so important to you to keep defending the word socialist? It's only the, like, the principles are what matter. Yeah. The word... Like, I get it, you know, like, it's annoying that people keep grouping it into this, like, fascism thing that it's not. I understand that that's, like, irritating. But, like, you're never, you're not going to win that fight. And there's, like, other fights to be had. And it's just so strange to me the ways that people keep defending words yeah. when really it's the meaning that they personally want you to hear when you when they say the word that actually matters. So let's talk about that more than, like, the word that you're using and yeah. i know that you know words matter and it's easier to say socialist than completely outline all of your political views every time sure you like say what you like i get it but it's annoying because that is kind of I, I found myself as a feminist for a long time kind of challenging people who like didn't identify as a feminist and be like well don't you believe do you believe men and women are equal well boom you're a feminist and it's like yeah. Who the fuck cares about that? Like, did they say yes to that question? That's all that matters. That is all that matters. Yeah. Like, do, do they believe men and women are equal? Perfect. That is, you like, why did it, does it matter to so many people that we like cherish the same words? Yeah. It doesn't fucking matter. Ugh, it drives me crazy. It's, it's And then pretty, also, yeah. you know, like just the more like, the more um, normalized like queer theory is within gender studies, the less feminism really makes sense to me as a word because feminism was really a word that made sense when we were like dividing genders into two categories. And when those two categories existed, it was the feminine gender that was being subjugated. And like that just, I just don't see the world that way anymore. And I feel like, um, you know, I get it. Plenty of feminists believe all the same things I do and they cling on to the word feminist. And I was one of them even six months ago. So like, I'm not at all criticizing yeah. feminism as a whole, but why I'm not like obsessed with the word anymore is because like, I'm just like outgrowing it. I'm a crab that's like shedding that shell yeah. and I just haven't, you know, like it's fine. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't understand why that, and especially within the progressive movements with the Marxists and the socialists and the, like, why does it matter so much? Which word we like agree on, you yeah. know, leftist, like leftist, now people that's, don't like, yeah, it's just it's so, just, like, I mean, like, I get it that like, it's very hard to, uh, especially in modern American politics where there isn't really a left, 
um yeah. there's you know there's there's like far right and then there's center right and they consider yeah. themselves liberals and i do think it was so, very important to distinguish ourselves from liberals yeah i think that was important that's important so like obviously words but whatever word we way. pick to distinguish ourselves from liberal is whatever we could have picked up any fucking matter. word any <laughs> yeah, fucking yeah. word yeah yes, you know exactly. so like and it maybe would have been better if we had picked it like like I'm not a leftist, I'm not a liberal, I'm a Bernie. Go with that. I'm a Bernie. Right. Just like fucking yeah. attach it to any simple word that's like that's in everybody's heads. I don't care. Like it, it doesn't. Even, but like you know, then like it's but like also, oh, but then is know, it about Bernie? Like it's not all about Bernie. Bernie is a means to an end. Blah blah blah. Like fuck, we're doomed. Kind of we still, can't fucking I kind get of out of this shit. Still feel like we should stop calling ourselves. Like calling ourselves our political beliefs. Yeah. Like I'm a feminist. I'm a leftist. I'm a Republican. I'm a Democrat. Mm -hmm. Like, that's just it. Just feels um, like that's how we got in this mess in the first place. Is that like Democrats and Republicans just decided that they're one of those two things, and then they just started believing, disagreeing with everything right. on that party line ballot. You know, and. Um, I just don't want to ever participate in that again. And, you know, not that I ever really did. My first election was Hillary versus Trump. Eesh. So well, I was already not. Welcome to the world of electoral politics. I know. That's a fun I was I was already, like, not a Democrat in that moment. Like, yeah. I was, like, it was already pretty disillusioned for me at the that The first point. election I voted in was 2004. So, again, I'm yeah. old as fuck. So you get but it. But that was also, yeah. yeah, I was just like, oh, okay, cool. So the guy who uh has started this illegal war and uh has has just like completely destroyed the lives of so many people um and it's just gonna get worse and worse and we're never gonna fucking get out of it no notes on him we're just gonna pick him again cool great like that's yeah. awesome so like that was and my then our other choice our other choice is like literally just a republican that did just called himself a democrat yeah anyway yeah it was getting... all bad started on how shitty the options were in 2000 and 2004 obviously the options have been shitty they stay shitty been the shitty. options are bad um but you know at least with obama there was like a semblance of not to use the buzzword but hope <laughs> that's what <laughs> he ran like, on right and now in retrospect we were like that was not what we thought it was, but whatever. Also, I was in eighth grade. Maybe other people saw it in the moment, but I oh sure God, as hell didn't. I was grade. like, we're all, it's solved. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah, I remember anyway. feeling like that, but fuck. Yeah. Oh, well. And that's also like, you know, I was a little bit worried. Like, obviously, I'm not psyched about um, our current situation. Sure. But I was a little bit worried that if somebody like Bernie had won, that a lot of us would just be like, oh, it's over we did it and we would just kind of have that same problem again and i do kind of like that we still fucking hate our president <laughs> we got to the president has yeah. to be, yeah we got to keep fighting the fight we gotta hold him accountable you know so anyway uh, we should wrap up but uh do you have yeah. anything like obviously like i mean i've talked about your podcast uh best mistakes but uh talk talk you know give us your plugs give us your socials all of that stuff yeah, I mean, I'm just at Anya Volts on everything. A-N-Y-A-V-O-L-Z. Mm -hmm. um, I, yeah, my podcast, Best Mistakes with Nika Lamazzo, friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. <laughs> Only a couple episodes ago. Um, Check it out. We talk about mistakes from history and from our lives and um, from our listeners every episode. It's a 
fun old time. Check it out. I'll um, say if again, I... if you're a fan of this podcast, you should already be listening to Best Mistakes. Ah, oh, thank you. I mean, and also when I say history, I like we did talk about literally the bling ring this week. Yeah. So. But yeah, Loose you went term. back to like fucking Rudy Valentino and like an ancient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a no, there was a battle. We, there was like a, a like World yeah, War Two no, era we battle. Do, so yeah, we do some deep cuts too. But sometimes we just talk about two thousand eight, and that's fine. Um, and yeah, I have another podcast that's coming out. I don't know when, but look out for it. It's called Humanity Switch, and it's about the Vampire Diaries universe. Again um, with the and, vampires. Hey, it was one of the shows that I mentioned earlier. It's not like a new show. Uh, I, I, I was open about liking the Vampire Diaries from the beginning of this interview, damn it. Um, but yeah, that show has two spinoff shows. So it's a very large universe. And two of my friends, um, Addison Peacock and Otto Fernandez, very funny people on Twitter and in the world. Um, we just decided to start a podcast about all three of those shows. Um, in that universe and we get we get very like we're very analytical about it and very nerdy about it and i think if you like that kind of like i love listening to a podcast while watching something so if yeah. you like doing that and you're you've been interested in the vampire diaries universe or you want to re-watch it and you're an old fan look out for that podcast i'm very proud of it it's it's been a lot of fun to record that's what i'm working on right now Hell yeah. Well, this was great. This was lovely. Um, I'm hopefully, you know, still going to have you uh, you and Nika both on to talk about specifically about the show and all of that yeah, shit. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see about that. Um, but yeah, this was this was really lovely. Thanks for having me. So of course. Fun. Thanks once again to Anya Volts for being on the show. That was a fun conversation. That was a nice talk. Um, I had to pee through a lot of it. She had a hard out. She had to, she had to leave at a certain time. So we had to kind of end it when we ended it. Um, but hopefully we'll have her back on the show. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Is it, is it obvious that I had to pee through the whole show? That's what I'm thinking about right now. Did I have to, did I have to pee pee? Uh, did, what, can you, can you the listener tell that I had to pee pee? Can, could Anya tell that I had to pee? Hope not. Hope I held it together. Hope I was professional. But just to share my hand, now that the episode is done, now that you've listened to the whole thing, did you pick up on that? There's a little Easter egg for you. I had to pee through not the whole thing, but a good chunk of it. Yeah. Anyway, check her out. Check out Best Mistakes. Uh, like I said, hopefully we'll have them on again to just talk more about the show itself. Uh, the podcast itself, Best Mistakes, and uh, you know what brought them to their fascination with mistakes and fuck ups and all of that shit. Um, but until then, I hope uh, you know you, you got to know uh, her and Nika uh, through these uh, past couple episodes that we did with them. And uh, hope that you're doing well. Hope you're getting jabbed. Hope you're getting vaccinated. Hope you're still wearing the mask, whether or not. You got the fucking vaccine. You know, you got to you gotta keep wearing it. Unless you're both in the room fully vaccinated, then go nuts. Then do what you've been wanting to do for the last year. You know what I mean? So. That's all. Music is by Shea Bartel. Um, he's writing some new music. So if you're getting tired of this uh, music uh, that's been under me talking, uh, we got some new jams coming uh, down the pipe. Uh, so he's, he's going to 
come up with some new grooves for us. That's cool. Uh, looking forward to that. And uh, that's all. Dottie uh, needs, needs something, so I got to go address that. I'm Brad Pearson. Until next time, go out and fail. It's good for you.